morning, and welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm glad you've made the connection and are with us today. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and the goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us that get us thinking, get us talking, get us wondering, get us talking about stuff, and connected. Perhaps inspired or challenged just to do a bit more because we made the connection. So welcome. We're glad you're here today. And I have Rick Bernardo. Rick, we have been doing this for over a year now as for having you as my co-host. I, yeah, I've been here for most of that time. <laughs> most of that time. Yes, yeah. you have. The last well, I've year. Been, yeah, mostly here for it, all of that time. It, and yeah. you've always partnered with all the shows, so I really appreciate <clears> that. Wanted to do a shout out um, for all the work that you do. And we have a great show today planned. Uh, planned and open, what I love. We plan things yeah. and we keep them open. Yvette Erasmus, Dr. Yvette Erasmus, is with <laughs> us today. This is her third show with us, mm-hmm. and we'll have another show in September. It's mm-hmm. a, a series that has gotten lots of good reviews and, mm-hmm. and feedback. Um, Yvette helps us look at healthy communication and relationship skills for living our most authentic and empowered and connected self. Rick, I know that it's meant a lot to you, these last three shows. I want to share a little bit about how it's impacted you. Well, uh, what I have loved in the conversations is this overall sense of, um, you know, I've got many years of teaching ethics and leadership and organizational development. And um, there's always like lessons and practices and point A and point B. What I've experienced when I listen to Yvette is um, this sort of a channeling from the guts of all of that. So, so, so it's kind of like you know, um, a jazz musician will go off in whatever area is going to work with everybody else in the moment. But in order to do that, they need the whole background of like what are the possibilities, what's going to work in this context. So that's, that's – that's, I love that. And, you yeah. know, a jazz musician has to be very well trained to be able to go to new places and explore them. Yeah, yeah. And and the other thing that I – to bring out of the woodwork – not that there was wood in that. But, uh, <laughs> I was wooden at the point of starting this. So uh, power, the, the, the idea of what is powerful in our lives, our, our overall cultural culture uh, conveys power. Messages about power, meaning measurement and control, mm-hmm. and there's a whole paradigm there um, that every deep tradition that makes us valuable and human says, no, that's, that's really dangerous. Uh, power is uh, how we inspire, how we achieve peace within and without that kind of conversation, how we know what's sacred no matter what is happening or whether somebody's being productive or not in the moment. So there's that. that I got that from Yvette. Well, I, Yvette, I asked Rick to do that because I want to encourage our audience to call in and talk directly with you today. Oh, great. Lovely. Yvette has a master's of science, clinical psychology, and a doctorate in clinical psychology. Um, but like our friend Rick said, um, she does these wonderful riffs, the riffs on the, <laughs> the riffs on life and relationships <laughs> yeah. and who we are. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, what I loved is how you can take processes and inner maps um, that are really self-sabotaging mm-hmm. and be able to look mm-hmm. at what, what that is. 
um, and then ultimately to look at the deeper connection mm-hmm. and hopefully meaning and purpose. Well, it's so lovely to be here again. I really enjoy these conversations with you on Saturday mornings. So thank you. We do have a caller and I want to, before we go to our caller, I want to let folks know um, that they can call us today. Mm -hmm. The number is Mm 952-946-6205. Again, I'm going to give you that number, 952-946-6205. We've got an engineer. We've got Dan uh, waiting for your call. I want you to think about when you, before you call in about how you want to connect more and fight less, mm-hmm. um, how to have healthy relationships that are based in choice and compassion and connection instead of being perhaps, you know, fearful um, or have judgment and control. So some things to think about, about calling in. Uh, you might feel stuck <laughs> and you want to feel unstuck. Uh, you might feel like you have a hard time communicating. And you want to communicate with more clarity and confidence. You may feel like you're in an unhealthy relationship. So how do you build that healthier relationship? Or maybe you're just feeling isolated. You know, after getting out of COVID, we were all in isolation. Have you felt good about the transition back to being with people? Or perhaps you feel like you're just kind of playing a role and you're not who you want to be um, and we, we talk about authentic. Uh, do you feel like you are rooted in your authenticity? Uh, and there's a few others, but those hopefully will get you started in thinking about why to call in and what you might want to uh, be asking Yvette. And with that, we've got Laura on the line. Laura, you have a question? Um, yeah. Hi, thanks. So um, Yvette and I worked together like 20 years ago, I did your <laughs> compassion um, communication meetings, and we did a mm-hmm. conscious group, and it was just, it was very, very wonderful for my life. Mm. Um, so I appreciate your work quite deeply. And then, but I had, I had one thing that's a little funny. I had a conflict coming up in my life, and this person said back to me, you're hearing soundbite blame, and I'm trying to speak in sentences here. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I do too, because you know we get and just to be kind to myself because we're all you know whatever is happening in our culture, but we get our wound up and and we hear blame and shame, uh-huh. and it's all over the place. And then and you're just reacting, and then how to actually slow down. So I want to hear tips on how do I slow down? How do I be a better listener, mm-hmm. both to myself and to others? Mm-hmm. Okay. So how to be a b- better listener and how to slow down? You take a deep breath. <laughs> you set an intention. I mean, I think that idea of how to do it differently always starts with having an intention to do it differently. So we always begin there, setting a very clear intention. I can see the thing that I have been doing. I want to stop doing that and I want to start doing what? So we want to get very clear on what we're going to start doing. So we want like a replacement activity, not just a stop. Otherwise, we're left with a void. And then the next piece is really learning to regulate our nervous systems. Because when our nervous systems are activated and we're in a state of fear or anxiety or worry or anger, we're much more likely to move into our habitual ways of responding, which tend to be defensive. And defensive psychologically in this culture means shame and blame of some kind. Right. And judgment, lots and lots of judgment. That's what we like to share with each other. Um, And so if I know that I want to stop that, then what do I want to do instead? I want to really connect deeply with what's important to me and how I'm feeling about things and what I'm thinking about things so that I can come from a place of self-responsibility 
in my reaction and choicefulness. And then I also want to really be listening through the other person's criticism and judgments into what matters to them. So I'm listening for what is important to the other person, and I'm putting on hold the delivery in the short term. We can come back to more skillful delivery later, but if I'm listening for connection, I'm listening for the pain, I'm listening for the, peer, the fear, I'm listening for what is important to them that they're trying to tell me. How does that land as a start? Laura? Oh, I think, I think that's great because I think so often um, our, 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 the, the cultural norm is to almost uh, play ping pong right away. Well, you said this. Why well, said this? Why well, said that? Mm-hmm. And so instead of, um, you know, we can choose a different game and uh, or we, we can mm-hmm. choose to try to really understand and, and just mm-hmm. um, free ourselves from our own mm-hmm. shame but so that we are able to listen to the other person because if you're stuck in your own scripts, it's, it's hard. But having that mm-hmm. sovereignty or that agency to actually be able to um, be in peace with ourselves first, right? A hundred percent. And then be able to listen to the other person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I often think of it like lifting weights in a gym, you know? Like I can see the capacity, the strength that I want to have, that I want to develop. And then I really just go and do the reps. And so when you're thinking about like um, you had mentioned the old scripts that keep coming up or the, the ways that I habitually and unconsciously speak you know, I mean, I, I, I will, I'll give you an example from my own life that happened just very recently. Um, I was trying to talk to my partner about something that was really important to me, but I was a little activated and I was coming from my own pain. And so the phrase that I kept using was, this is not going to work for me. This doesn't work for me. That doesn't work for me. And it was super triggering because, you know, what he's hearing in, on the other side of that is, um, I'm done. I'm done with you. You're not good enough. We're finished. And that's not at all what I mean. What I'm meaning, you know, like I, I'm trying to like show the importance of it. But had I just been able to say, hey, this thing that's happening is beginning to build up and it's starting to hurt my feelings. And it's important to me that we find a different way of doing this. That would have been much easier for him to hear and much more aligned with what I actually meant. Right. But those things take consciousness and intention and practice. And I think at least for myself, being very, very self-compassionate and graceful with myself, like having some graciousness that we don't have to get it right. We're just practicing is a really, really important piece of this. I have a follow up Mm -hmm. question about triggering. Yeah. Um, It seems to me from what your example and what Laura has been talking about as well is that if we know our own triggers, Mm -hmm. that may be helpful, Mm -hmm. you know, that we know, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I can take a pause because mm-hmm. I know that's a trigger. Mm-hmm. But then it's also kind of cool to get to know someone else's trigger yes. so that you can be sensitive about yeah. it. Yeah. And instead of being in that place of conflict, it's really kind of a search and find for triggers. Yeah. And and being able to identify those triggers so that you can both do mm-hmm. a exhale mm-hmm. of like, okay, those were just triggers. Those mm-hmm. are just, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. taking us to another place right. so and let's, not being in the moment. Let's identify let's let's put a little more um uh, language around trigger. Like I think mm-hmm. the way you're using that word in that moment is what are the places that I'm feeling some sensitivity a little bit? These are the places where I'm likely to get a little bit more hurt or a little bit more scared or a little bit more reactive. And then that can also, you know, because trigger is often used to sort of uh, point to moments where past trauma, past mm-hmm. wounds also get activated and it mm-hmm. can get very big. Mm-hmm. So if I get so triggered that I become hijacked and flooded by my nervous system, 
um, those are the times we actually take a time out. But if I'm just feeling a little mildly activated and, ooh, this is a sensitive spot for me or this is a place where this particular kind of miscommunication is is quite painful for me in a way that it might be not not be for other people. I think that's also you know another way we can use that word. I'm fascinated because you've brought it up in other sessions in terms of being able to do that identification mm-hmm. of what that is. Mm-hmm. Is there's a freedom in that? Absolutely. There there is a sense of you're you, you've gotten unstuck out yep. of a pattern, yep. um, and you're and it becomes almost. How can I find another? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where where am I sensitive? And yeah, yeah. what is that about? Yeah, yeah. And when I think you can let go of some of that and just go, oh, just the recognition. Mm-hmm. I'm sensitive about that. Exactly. That scares me. I'm going to hop in me. here just for a sec. Oh, please um, do. Yeah. We both studied a little bit with Marshall Rosenberg, and he said, play with your pain. And that's what I heard from you, Lori, is that play with your pain. Yeah. Is that you want to talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I love that you bring in Marshall Rosenberg. I I love bringing him in everywhere we can because the other thing he says that I'm going to add to that is the only thing people are ever saying is some version of a please or some version of a thank you. Hmm. All communication boils down to a please or a thank you. And so – and and then let's add on to that. If we can be playful with pain, if we can learn how to enjoy people's anger, and I think what he's pointing to there – is getting into an internal state in yourself where you manage your own regulation and your own safety to the degree that you see somebody else being angry as simply an expression of their pain, an expression of something that's important to them. And then you can start developing new ways of connecting with that instead of either trying to control it, dismiss it, make it go away, judge it, make it worse, you know, suppress it. We want to actually, I think the practice of nonviolence as I understand it and as I teach it, is really about working with whatever is arising in myself and another person um, in a connected, understanding, and compassionate way. But it is the essence of working with everything. And that's a huge courage practice because it, it, it invites us to work with our fears and not be controlled by our fears, be you know living from a different place. Thank you, Laura, for calling in. We really appreciate um, your insights and your question. Uh, and if you'd like to call in, please feel free at 952-946-6205. We do need to go to a break, but I want to make sure that you all have Yvette's uh Website, which is terrific. Every time I go to the website, I've told her I learned something new or I, I find a new place. I go, oh, that's cool. I'm going to look at this today. Um, it's Yvette spelled with a Y, Y-V-E-T-T-E-E-R-A-S-M-U-S dot com. Wonderful uh, website if you'd like to learn more about the work that Yvette does. And you can stay tuned for our next segment. We already have another caller that's waiting online. And we'll bring that caller in uh, right away in the second segment. So stay with us. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm Lori Fitz, your host. Uh, Rick Bernardo is with me today as my co-host. Hi. And we have Dr. Yvette Erasmus, who is a terrific, um, thoughtful, (laughs) and engaging uh, individual who draws from many different uh, perspectives. Mm -hmm. Um, But she does also have a Master's of Science, uh, clinical psychology, and a doctorate in clinical psychology. Uh, 
what I love is that you you often do draw back to the science of it. You mm-hmm. often draw back about how the brain reacts, mm-hmm. um, which I love. Mm-hmm. I, I love having both sort of the metaphors you use and the artistic frame, mm-hmm. but then you also help to help understand why our body's doing what it's doing yeah. and how that influences mm-hmm. our reactions. Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. it's one of the things I deeply appreciate. Mm, thank uh, you. And we've been reaching out to having folks being able to call and connect with Yvette. Um, Yvette uh, talks about healthy communication and relationship skills for living your most authentic, empowered, and connected self. Hmm. Yvette, one of the things that I have taken with me over these last few months is responses to what we hear. Mm -hmm. And it's helped me, I believe, in my Mm -hmm. day-to-day, and especially at work, (laughs) looking at – my response is differently. Mm-hmm. Share with us about the four responses mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. and what power we have over our response. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So this actually comes from um, teachings from nonviolent communication. So this is a nonviolent communication tool that I really like using. Um, and, you know, as you start studying that mode of communication, we think about two ways of listening. Two of them uh, – four. Two of them are reactive ways and two of them are responsive ways. So the two reactive default ways that we tend to listen under stress is that when somebody is speaking to you, I'm listening for blame and criticism. My focus is on how are they blaming or criticizing or judging or misunderstanding me. I'm sort of listening through that filter. That's what's happening when we're reactive. And it could be that you've had a long Time. And it could be history. Yeah, history. <laughs> of that being. Oh, I'm not saying it's not happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just saying it's where I'm putting my attention. Exactly. Okay. So I'm putting my attention on that aspect of what's happening. And mm-hmm. when I attend to that, I'm amplifying it. Okay. And I'm validating and legitimizing it. And then the two responses are, so I'm hearing your judgments and criticisms and evaluations and what you think I'm doing wrong and what, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then I have two choices. I either turn on myself, so I go into shame, I, I hear judgment, and then I move into shame. I judge myself. Your judgments agree with my already existing judgments. You're just confirming. You're just confirming. I always knew I was so bad. I always knew that I was a shit, right? I always, yeah. sorry. I always <laughs> knew that, you know, this was a terrible thing to do. And I, it's all me. I should check myself into therapy because there's definitely something wrong with me. So I agree with the assessment of wrongness. And you're almost looking for it. You're, yes. you're looking for Absolutely. that affirmation that, Confirmation bias. Confirmation (laughs) bias. I believe that these bad things about me. I hear you telling me how that how how bad I am. Three cherries confirmed. Okay, right. Exactly. (laughs) The other thing we do right is um, we we hear somebody blaming, criticizing, judging us, and um, we disagree with them, and our defensive system goes up, and we go a little bit into warrior mode. And we turn it around on them mm-hmm. and we do it back. Mm-hmm. Oh, you think I'm selfish. What about the times that you blah, 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 blah. Oh, you think I'm the one who doesn't listen? Let me tell you about you. <laughs> okay. So those are the two reactive ways. We, both of them are hearing blame and criticism. One is I blame myself. The other one is I blame you. Mm-hmm. That is where the vast majority of people run their relationships. I yeah. mean, that's, that's yeah. kind of the God and variety relationships yeah. at this point in history. And you're not getting what you want either. No. E- either, pe- either person in that relationship, mm-hmm. if they are at that level mm-hmm. of intensity of shaming and blaming, mm-hmm. neither of them are having what their real needs are not at addressed. All. Not at all. We're not talking about what's actually mattering. We're, we're trying to assign blame and then we want the other person or ourselves to feel terrible about it. And then we think if we feel terrible, now they're going to change. That's the basic theory. Mm-hmm. 
the Either alter- we feel terrible or they feel terrible, but some something great will come out of being terrible. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's so crazy when we put it that way. We're like, and, and this is what we're supposed to enjoy. We don't. Yeah. None of us are enjoying this. Yeah. And I got to say, when I'm in that space of self-blame and they're validating something that I didn't even know I still carried around, then I notice it. Mm-hmm. Then I blame myself for doing that. Yes. And then I blame myself for that. And then and there's no... It's the gift that keeps it, on just, giving. It spirals. It, <laughs> it goes. Does. It's turtles all the way down. It just goes forever. I'm yes. like beating myself up for beating myself up. That's right. And there's so there's a new muscle I gotta use. Exactly. I can't use that one. No, right. no. And this is where self compassion practice and compassion for others comes in, right? Because the alternative way of listening is a responsive form of listening, and the intention that I'm setting is that I am listening for how people are feeling and what people are needing and what would help. So the filter through which I'm hearing, the intention that I set is drastically different. So you might still be telling me you're so selfish, you're so unkind, you're so inconsiderate. You may still be telling me judgment, criticism, blame in that delivery. But my attention is in a different place. I'm not over-indexing on your delivery. I'm listening for, I wonder if, so what, number one, I connect with you empathically. Are you feeling frustrated? Are you really wanting more consideration? Are you feeling hurt? Are you feeling vulnerable? Are you feeling irritated? So I'm going to figure out what's alive in you, what, what's mm-hmm. going on for you, and what's important to you about this? What are you trying to ask for in a way that is a little more indirect? You know, are you needing me to call you? Are you, you know, are you needing more predictability? Are you, so I'm actually listening for what the other person is trying to stay, say instead of what they're saying. Mm. And then the other thing I do is um, inside of myself, as you're telling me all of these things, I'm staying very, very aware of how I'm feeling and what I'm needing and what would help me understand and connect with you where I'm at. So I don't self-abandon myself. I don't mm-hmm. just become you know, a helpmate. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm not going to be a martyr. I'm not right. going to sacrifice myself. I'm going to keep myself fully online. So that I can trust myself to also protect myself and go to bat for what's true for me and have my own ex- my own experience. But I learn how to express it in a way that is proactive and gentle and constructive and concrete. And then you can speak to me however you like still. I'm still going to let the – because this is about working with the world as it is. Mm-hmm. You just deliver it however you like. But I'll do the internal work of trying to get at what's going on underneath the surface. And it gives you a power because you're almost giving yourself away when you go into the shame and blame. Whether you're blaming the other person, you're taking the blame Mm -hmm. yourself, Mm -hmm. you're not creating uh, in the moment Mm -hmm. reality Mm -hmm. that allows you to, as you've said and I love, Mm -hmm. connect in a way that's meaningful and powerful. Yes, yes. And and is that more important than just, you know, creating a checklist of it, yeah. you're wrong and I'm yeah. right, and yeah. that feels good in that moment, <laughs> yeah. but that doesn't create a, a way forward. Yeah, and what I would say is it's simply more practical. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even know about important or effective. It's just more <laughs> – it's so much more practical. Especially if you want to get something exactly. fed because, listen, within yourself. When I'm really hurt and upset, what I'm really wanting is for you to care about it, be aware of it, and, and do something about it. Mm-hmm. And if the way that I'm telling you what I'm hurt and upset about is like taking you down, you no longer have the resources to help me with the thing I'm actually wanting. And so what ends up happening is we we start substituting the illusion of power for empathy. 
And what we need to come back to in our relationships is understanding that empathy is going to run everything. And if we, it's it, the juice. It's the juice. It, <laughs> yes. it, absolutely, absolutely. And yeah. and the only time that people really get invested in shame and blame and control and abuse and harmful behaviors is when they don't believe that empathy is available. And the, and the you know what you were saying earlier, Rick, the the sort of um, chicken and the egg thing here in the downward spiral is if you're hearing blame and criticism and you're moving into shame and blame yourself, it isn't going to be available. And someone in that conversation needs to start making a new move. Mm. And when one person makes a new move, all of that empathy, connection, understanding becomes a much bigger possibility. And then we can start transforming the relationship. I, I know generally when I'm in that space, I, I'm, I feel like I'm maybe three years old. Yes. And so um, I tried, I've tried to start years ago using what we taught the kids to do. Mm-hmm. One element that is the juice for all of this is I feel, mm-hmm. I hear, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. but not you, you, you. And, and, and that that is a revelation for everybody if you can do that in, yeah. in those moments, but it's hard. Yeah, yeah. And people sometimes think that's a form of weakness, but I often say, you know, I want you to sort of channel this idea that it is called self-sovereignty. This idea of being fully in charge of yourself is one of the most powerful experiences you can have. If you're walking around thinking that I need the whole world to be arranged in a particular way so that I don't feel X, Y, Z, you're not living an empowered life. You've and given that up to the you've other person. Given, you've, you've outsourced yeah. all of your power. Yeah. Yep. Real power comes from your ability to field anything. And that also comes from being very self-contained and self-connected, which is a big, big practice. It is, yeah. You know, when you've been taught to suppress your feelings, suppress your needs, not know what you want, and focus on the externals all the time. So it's big reorientation for a lot of people. And we need to go to break, but I want to thank you for um, exploring connections in a new way uh, on our Connections radio show. Uh, you bring depth and understanding, and we appreciate that. Thank you. So stay with us. We we have um, our friend Lynn from Michigan who has been patiently on the line, and we will bring you uh, Lynn in our next segment with a question that she has for you as well. So stay tuned um, and explore uh, how we can get connected in new and powerful ways with that. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm Lori Fitz, your host. We have Rick Bernardo, my co-host. And we have had wonderful, engaging conversations with Dr. Yvette Erasmus, who helps us keep learning about healthy communication and relationship skills for living our most authentic and empowered, connected self. I was sharing with Yvette how... After every one of these shows, I have a new thought and it has been um, a wonderful opportunity to keep learning (laughs) another level of connection um, and being able to recognize my own triggers in a way that allows me to go, oh, aha, hmm, I don't need to get upset about that. I can learn something. (laughs) You know, I can do it differently and and do it in a gentle way. Yeah. You know, and can I just riff off that very quickly? Switching from a good-bad frame Mm -hmm. into a learning and growth frame is one of the most profound um, mindset shifts we can make Mm -hmm. when we're working with ourselves and others. Mm -hmm. If we can stop talking about what, who you are, who I am, what you are, what I am, and we can instead have a conversation about 
what's my current level of functioning? What can I do right now? And where am I trying to get to? What am I practicing? What am I learning? What am I healing? What am I growing into? It's a far more generous frame. One of the uh, shows you talked about, we're all kind of a glorious mess. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we are such a glorious mess. <laughs> Some days less glorious. <laughs> but with that, it opens you up not to have to perform in yes. a certain way. Yes. If we accept that we're a glorious mess, it yeah. opens us up not feeling like we have to have a role to, to prove something. Yeah. And, and if we accept that in ourselves, I think we're much more – um, open to accepting it in others. Yeah. And, and much can, more, as you've said, yeah. grace, giving each other grace about it. I love that. Like we, we want to be in relationship with each other. Mm-hmm. Then we can be in relationship with our messy parts and our mm-hmm. skilled parts. And it just becomes a much more fun game to just be in <laughs> okay. relationship. I'm, I'm going to title playful. my, my journalism <laughs> levels of glory. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. My nickname when I was growing up, mm-hmm. uh, my grandmother would call me glorious laureus. Oh, lovely. Yes. Yeah. It was, uh, it was great fun mm-hmm. and it was very playful mm. and being able to connect with playfulness, I think, is part of that grace yes, and part of that acceptance. And a child is much more open to learning and growing and, and discovering. Uh, we sort of get, well, I've done that, know that, and, and, and then create this role that isn't necessarily who we are. Um, getting in touch, in, in touch with that is important. Mm-hmm. We have said for this show, we're opening it up to callers. Um, the number is 952 952- Nine four six six two zero five. We have put Lynn on hold for the entire last segment because we were talking about responses. Lynn, we are grateful that you have stayed with us, uh, and you're from Michigan, calling in to ask a question of Yvette. Uh, what question do you have, Lynn? Well, I'm so glad that we were speaking about listening and types of listening earlier. It was really helpful to hear that because I'm in a bit of a pickle and it regards listening. And so I'm hoping I can get some tips today. I have a neighbor, an elderly neighbor. My backyard butts up against his backyard and his name is Stan. And Stan lost his wife of 60 years, Ethel last year, just very surprisingly overnight, very shockingly. And Stan had been chronically ill, and Ethel had been very healthy. And so for Stan to suddenly be without his caregiver was a real shock. And Stan is a talker, and Stan really misses Ethel, and he's grieving, and and he's grieving a lot, and you you can still tell, like, it's been a year, but Stan seems to be in the same place he was in when Ethel first passed away. And so Stan has tomatoes in his backyard. I have tomatoes in my backyard. And it's gotten to the point where when I go out to water my tomatoes, it can take 30, 40, 50 minutes because Stan wants to talk about Ethel. And I'm just wondering, I begin noticing in myself, I want to be the kind of person who can offer Stan a lot of empathic listening. And I really do feel, I feel so much empathy for him. And it's gotten to the point where I don't want to water my tomatoes anymore. Stop the suffering. Exactly. Exactly. And so I'm I'm just so confused because I want to be the kind of person who is open and and is so and and really just there for Stan. And I am getting to the point where I just can't bear it. 
And so I just, I don't know what to do. This is a great question. <laughs> I think there's lots of different ways that our friend Yvette will go, but I am anxious to hear what suggestions do you have so that you don't become a martyr. Yeah. That you don't, you know, don't give up what you need, mm-hmm. but you do want to connect with someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is this a situation where you feel like you could just say exactly that to Stan? Stan is like a motor. When he gets going, he gets going. And often he's crying when he's talking. So what? Just tell him, Stan, I don't have time to listen to you today. Okay. Well, let's think about this together. Yeah. I do think that there's a way to set a boundary or to ask for what you're needing that doesn't feel rejecting or abandoning or harsh. And I might just say, I might say something like, Stan, I can see that you need someone to speak to right now. And I have exactly five minutes. Mm-hmm. And in five minutes, I have got to run. And you don't need to say why. You don't need to make up a lie. You just say, I, I have five minutes for you today. And then I'm going to water my tomatoes while, while you talk. And in five minutes, I'm going to run inside. And it's not because I don't care. I, I just don't have time. And you just do that over and over and over again. And then you soothe your own anxiety about what he's going to do with that. Mm-hmm. And you let that be his learning. You don't need to take that on for him. What does that sound like as a start? Lynn, are mm. you there? <laughs> okay, you're, yeah. you're processing. Okay. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm here. I, like, I, yes, I can, I can imagine doing that. I can imagine doing that. And it also, I, it, it also um, brings up um, some judgment around the fact that um, I, I want to be the kind of person who um, helps other people find what they're needing. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I want to have more capacity to listen is really, I think, at the heart of, of this issue. Okay, so a couple of things. <clears throat> Helping Stan get his needs met might also mean bringing in a community of people. Like sometimes we feel like it has to be me because I'm watering my tomatoes and I've suddenly been cornered. I am the only one in the world who can do this for this person. And in that moment, it's true. But in the wider moments, that's not the situation. So bringing in a wider community, it sounds like he may need that. There are other ways of helping him than giving up half an hour to the, you know, entire day of tomato watering, you know, like you can have some Mm -hmm. choicefulness about how you help him. Because I hear in there, like, you want to, this piece of you wanting to be the certain kind of compassionate person. But I'd have more ways of embodying that than being hijacked whenever he wants to cry in the garden. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, that's, I, I that's just, super clear. Yeah. I just know that resonates with me because one of my, I'm, I, I think. I think past tense used to be the king of people pleasing. Mm-hmm. And part of that meant I wasn't honest with people in the moment. Exactly. I'm really thinking and feeling something. And I'm not even in that moment sometimes even listening to them because I'm torn and all of that. And uh, I just had to practice give, giving up the some of it and just being honest with them and then going from there. Yeah. You know? And being honest hard. can be, I really care about this. I yeah, see you're in a yeah. lot of pain. I see you're lonely. Let's get together another time and figure out, you know, what kind of resources you have. I'd love to help you right now. I don't have the time if you wanted that, right? You've got to decide yeah. for yourself in what ways you feel enjoyment in giving and where your own boundaries are. 
and then you can communicate them gently. Caretaking is really challenging. Yes. And caretaking with um, Stan yes. and his wife, I'm sure, had a lot of pressures that, that yeah. you're feeling as well in, yeah. in doing that caretaking. And it obviously impacted her too. So you have to keep yourself healthy. Um, you know, I worked with the American Cancer Society for many, many years and we, we did programs to support the caretaker. And even though this is a small version of caretaking, you are doing caretaking. Mm -hmm. And what we also found with cancer patients is setting up rituals can be really helpful. Mm -hmm. So even if you go to Stan, I'd like to every 10, you know, every other day or whatever, let's set aside those 10 minutes that you and I can have together. And then you're giving him something. You're giving him those 10 minutes, but you mm -hmm. set your boundary mm -hmm. of 10 minutes mm -hmm. so that you're not in an unhealthy place. Because mm -hmm. I can hear even in your voice that this is stressing you out. Um, uh, and and it's hard on you <laughs> to, mm -hmm. to say no to someone who needs you. No. Um, but he needs more than you, it sounds like, too, from Yvette's mm -hmm. you know, good counseling mm -hmm. in terms of how do you create community of support. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's super helpful. Thank you so much. That I like the idea of creating a ritual, and I also like the idea of bringing in um, broader community, so that I'm not the only one who who feels like um, you know who feels the the desire to to care for him because he's really a lovely man. He's not you know there's it's just um, he it, it can be incessant sometimes, and and I think bringing in more people to help carry. The weight of, of, of caring for him might be a, a, a great idea. Mm -hmm. From an artistic point of view, we often talk about good art is creativity within boundaries. So, you know, there can be an art of conversation if you know that there's the 10 minutes. And what does that 10 minutes look like? There's 10 minutes plays that are really beautiful um, that express a lot because the boundary of the 10 minutes really gets to the core of what of what you want to express and, and whatnot. So you can have wonderful artistic conversations, I'm sure. And one way that might sound is, you know, some expression of Stan, I really see you're in a lot of pain. You need to talk. There's a lot coming up. It, you know, whatever it is that you're sensing into that moment, expressing some care for his present moment experience, and then your dilemma. I really want to be here for you. And today I have exactly five minutes and um, that, you know, that is hard for me in some ways because I wish I had unlimited time to give you. Can I help you find another resource? It sounds like you're, you're needing someone to talk to. Mm, that's really helpful. Yeah, that's something that you said in there just reminded me that um, he's been sitting with this grief for a long time. So it, it, if I give him five minutes of really good listening or an hour of annoyed presence, <laughs> yeah. it's not yeah. going to, it, it's not going to solve the problem today. Like right. that, he's, he's, he's grieving and, and yep. it, it, we're not going to solve it today. Exactly. Exactly. And it doesn't have to be you, you know, like it can be you for as long as you're enjoying it and wanting to do it. And the moment you notice yourself feeling impatient or resentful, that's the moment to wake up to and then make a new move because that's the kindest thing for both people. I, I, I always yeah. I, I have to keep learning that it's not doing a service to people if I keep if I keep training them to never have boundaries either. Exactly. That that's well, like, they don't know where your boundaries are unless you tell them. Exactly, yeah. but sometimes they won't listen if you try to give it. But then you got to get creative there too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love your new move mm. concept mm -hmm. that you're in a place where you're stuck. Mm -hmm. So what's the new move? Yeah. And the new move can be from either party, but yeah. you do have the power to make a new move. Exactly. 
and to change it up. Exactly. And you're not going to see that if you believe that your way of being is just who you are and it can't change. And mm. this is why I keep coming back to learning and growth. Because the thing that blocks so many people is they're like, well, this is just who I am. This is my personality. Take me or leave me. This is how I am. And there is some truth to that, especially if you're believing that. But when you see it as a habitual way that I learned to be, and I can learn a new way of being, mm -hmm. and my sense of self is grounded in more than my reactions, there's a whole world of possibilities that open up for you someone, in one place. Someone recently told me, and I love this, um, you can rewrite that script. Yep, exactly. <laughs> you, you can. That, this yeah. is a script rewrite opportunity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So how, yeah. how does that script get rewritten? Yeah, yeah. We're getting close to the end. I want to share a uh, something that I found on your website, mm -hmm. a quote that I just love that I think summarizes a lot of what we've mm -hmm. been talking about today. Perhaps all the dragons in our lives are princesses who are only waiting to see us act just once with beauty and courage. Perhaps everything that frightens us is, in its deepest essence, something helpless that wants our love. Yeah. And that's uh, Rainier Maria Rilke. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Beautiful quote. I love that quote. I do too. What, one of the reasons I put that on my website is because I just so deeply believe that in every moment, if we can find a way to bring a loving response to our fear, to our judgment, to our anger, to our dismissiveness, to whatever it is, if we can find a way of loving everything up, we're on the path to healing. And the more that we are resisting, judging, criticizing, controlling, suppressing, acting out, amplifying, we're just going to be repeating cycles of violence on the planet. So it's it's very beautiful me, to me to just think of it as like I like archetypes, you know, dragons. And <laughs> they just need to be tamed and you uh -huh. just need to build a relationship with them and uh -huh. bring your loving presence. And yes, it may be super idealistic, but it really works. I will tell you, it works <laughs> so much more often than I thought it would when I began on this journey. <laughs> well, we're very glad that you've gone on this journey and you're sharing with us yeah. your journey. Uh, for more, as we said, this is from her, her website and I love mm -hmm. her website. Uh, go to Yvette erasmus.com and that's spelled y-v-e-t-t-e-r-a-s-m-u-s.com um, wonderful uh, website and this time mm -hmm. always flies by mm -hmm. thank, it does thank, thank you. you so much for bringing your insights your thoughtfulness mm -hmm. you're in the moment you're so good about taking in the moment and, uh -huh. and guiding us to places um, that are very enlightening Oh, so. thank you. I like being in the moment. I think there's a lot of presence, uh, wisdom in the presence, mm -hmm. you know, and that's the practice itself. Right, <laughs> right. And I, and I like the reminder that we're, we're always getting from you, Yvette, that, that this takes practice. It's it it's, uh, it's like the old New York tourist stopping the woman on the corner. How do I get to Carnegie Hall? Practice. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Job. And if you'd like to hear the last uh, few uh, programs that we've been doing with Yvette, you can go to our uh, website, um, am950radio.com, scroll down to the connections icon, click on that, and then look for um, the first of the month. Uh, we have our, our chance to be with Yvette. And we started in June. We have July. This is August. And we'll be back in September. So start thinking about your questions mm. now. Mm -hmm. 
so that when we open it up uh, for audience participation, we will be able to take your call. And thank you to the callers today. Uh, we appreciate your insights and your question that helped guide our show today. Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you for having me. Absolutely. And we look forward to the next show. It's not going to actually be on the first. It's going to be the second Saturday because the first Saturday is Labor Day. So stay with us. We're looking forward to having Yvette come back. And thank you for joining AM, AM 950 Radio's The Connections Radio Show. <laughs>